Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Stanley. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Bill and Stan talking about cars. Um, we missed and you stuff. and stuff. <laughs> Did you miss us? Um, we're, we and are glad stuff. to be back after a few weeks off of other things just being in the way. We were just busy, so we don't have a good excuse. We weren't taking a break, but we, we were uh, ready to get back at it today. We were being fathers, good fathers and good husbands and good um, workers and uh Good friend. I'm coming up. I'm just making up stuff. Yeah, there you go. There Life you go. happens. We, we Life just happens. had a lot of stuff going on. Hey, uh, I didn't ask you about this because I just looked up. What's, it, has that trophy always been there? In the background? Yes. Yeah. Over here? Yep. Yeah, I've had that for a while now. That's my brand ambassador award from the company I work for. So you, I, I think I got it. I don't know. Maybe four or five years ago i've had it for a while i haven't seen that trophy maybe you should you should maybe the camera's uh, moved over a little or something you should give it a name like bomani jones does on his podcast he named his emmy emmy and he refers I mean, I have to some emmy glass. as if it's a purple <laughs> <laughs> i have some glass awards on the little display shelf on the front of my desk so maybe i should move all those back there too so they're in the background all the time but um, at the moment, they're down on a lower shelf level. That is too tall; wouldn't fit. So that's why it's not down there. Hey, listen, well, I have then, a funny story. I have a funny story to tell you. Can I name so, the trophy first? I would like to name. Yeah, the go trophy. for it. Give it a name. Benny. Benny. Brand ambassador. Oh, got it. That Benny. works. Funny I'm story. Good time. With it. Okay, so uh, you know, my daughter's in first grade, and. Um, we recently had a book fair. Um, we are old parents and we realize that our daughter is pretty old soul too. So our friends with um, Anna's friend Carter had come over and spent the night and, and we took them to like a corn maze and um, watching them run through the corn maze. They look like a couple of old women hollering at each other to keep up. And anyway, they were just really funny. So Anna um, if she ever goes back and listens to this podcast when she's like 25, she'll probably not be happy that I'm going to tell this part, but she came home from school like early on in the school year and was like, the kids on the bus are, um, calling me a nickname. And I was like, Oh, and this is the same two boys that said they were going to be her boyfriend. And I told, told her to tell them that her dad knew where to bury bodies. Um, but anyway, they, she said, the boys on the bus gave me a nickname. I said, Oh, what's that? And she said, Nana. And <laughs> it's it's pretty fitting because she wears a lot of old lady sweaters, her choice, and uh, she acts like an old lady. And a lot of times she talks like an old lady. And, um, you know, she just says some old people stuff sometimes that cracks us up. So that being said, it's that time of year at school where, like, we were getting announcements of stuff going on and um, upcoming events. And one of the things they were putting information out about was, basketball signups and you know we're we're right in the thick of showing cows at the moment and um traveling and doing all the stuff we do but you know we want to give her the opportunity if her friends in her class are doing it she might want to do it too and i played basketball as a kid and so um we were riding down the road and uh kendra i one was like anna they they sent out a thing today for um basketball signups is that something you would 
want to do, you know, think you might want to play basketball, we can sign you up and you can you know, go check it out, you know, at least see if you like it. And she goes, basketball? I wouldn't even know how to touch it. That that was her <laughs> her logic for why she didn't need to play basketball was that she didn't know how to touch it. <laughs> so that tells you how much of a sports oriented household we are. <laughs> she what little kid don't want to play basketball? Oh no, she don't have any interest at all in playing basketball. None. She, she doesn't even want to learn how to touch it. I was like, I can teach you. She's like, I don't want to. I don't want to play basketball. So, first of all, you can't teach her. Second of all, she needs to come hang out with me for a week, and we're going to watch basketball, and I'm going to take her to basketball games, and we're going to – she's going to no. come back with a new love for basketball. No. She's going to come back you, want to be Sue Bird, part two. Let Diana me tell Taurasi, you, crossing people over. Let, let me tell you if, you, if you sit her down and y'all start watching basketball, about 40 seconds in, you know what she's going to ask you? What's that? This is boring. Can we just watch Voltron instead? No, we're going to watch basketball after we play basketball. No, she ain't going to play basketball. Oh, she, you know, uncle's have She a don't way. have any desire at all. Uncle's have a way. <laughs> so, speaking anyway, of ways, t- yeah, speaking of ways, um, how can you come up with a clever way to talk about some crazy car fact? Well, I was going to hit us up with, um, so I have a little car history and it's going to tie into my bring a trailer pick for the week. Um, so I'll show you how I'm going to connect these two things. Um, first of all, I was curious because we were talking about, we were going to talk about how to save wagons and minivans. And I was thinking, well, there's not really a way to like hot rod up a minivan. And so then that got me thinking, you know, where did that term actually come from? So I started doing a little reading, trying to figure out who invented the term hot rod. Turns out nobody oh, I actually minivan. No, no, no. I didn't I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. So it turns out nobody actually knows specifically who was the first person to come up with the word hot rod, but most people say the the origin, the idea of it happened sometime around 1943, early 1940s. Mm-hmm. In Southern California, um, with guys specifically working on flathead Ford V8 engines and putting a hotter cam in the engine, thus mm-hmm. sort of being the basis of the term hot rod. And then really, obviously, it came into the like popular vernacular thanks to Robert E. Peterson of the Peterson Museum and Wally Parks, who were the founders of Hot Rod Magazine. Um, you know, they they started the magazine, and and really that's where the term got out to everybody. Um, One of my first introductions to car culture, Hot Rod Magazine and school libraries. I, I think that was, yeah, I think that was a lot of us of our generation was school libraries having magazines on the rack, and Hot Rod Magazine was one of those magazines. Um, and yeah. my dad definitely had Hot Rod Magazines laying around as a kid, so... You just kind of picked them up and, and it just, that's all the content we had to absorb back in the day, you know? Yep. Um, I wasn't allowed to buy magazines and comic books and things because that was a waste of money. So school yes. library. <laughs> yes. 
you know, we were just talking about that too. Um, we just had um, book fair at Anna's school and, and Kendra was telling me like, she would always figure out a way to come home with like a poster or something that her parents didn't want her to buy that wasn't a book. And I was like, you know, I would go to the book fair with my book fair money. And then I would come home with nothing and just like tell my mom, I got a book, but I left it at school. And then I would use that money to go buy comic books later. <laughs> so that's that, 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 yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have did that, but I didn't have book fair money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have much. That's why I get like a comic book or a pack of comic book cards. Um, Anyway, hot hot rod, the term is defined as an automotive an automobile rebuilt or modified for high speed and fast acceleration. I thought that was interesting too. So keeping that definition in mind, this week's bring a trailer pick is in fact a hot rod. This particular hot rod just sold a couple of days ago um, in Pennsylvania for fifteen thousand dollars and it had eighty four thousand original miles on it. That don't sound right. Oh. It is a 2000 Dodge Dakota RT. Oh. That, that's right, Drew Dobbs, if you're listening. Um, but this one is black. Oh. How happy are you to see that, Stanley? For $15,000, buddy. That could have been yours. With the 5.9 oh. liter, with the big tires. That's Stanley's truck, by the way, if you're listening. Um, Stanley always wanted this truck, and Dobbs beat him to it. Um, it wasn't Dobbs first. It was uh, Gable first. Gable, then Dobbs. Yeah. All right. Did I ever tell you the story about that? No. Please tell us the full story. You, you've you mentioned it, but never told us the full story. <laughs> All right. So we're sitting in the barracks one day in Iwakuni, Japan, and um, at the time... Uh, there was a red Dodge Dakota, not that style, the old, uh, the old brick, uh, boxing. Yeah. The brick. I, yeah. Yeah. It had a four cylinder in it, but I used to tell me and Gable was talking. It's like, yeah, man, I got a Dodge Dakota back home too. It was t- similar. He had a 318 in his, and I had a 318 that I could put into the, 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 the truck that I, that I, I used to drive around. But his was an automatic and mine was manual. And I said, yeah, man, but what I really want is this, because this was this had come out. Right? And I showed him it was a black 318 with a manual. And I was like, yeah, the, the reason I want the manual is because you can still get it. And I think the 360 is, is a little too much. Right? I don't want it to be crazy. He PCS'd that, if you don't know what I mean, he uh, permanent change the station. He went to uh, New River before I did. How how and much sooner do, than you did he get to New River? Maybe a month and a half. I thought it was really close. Maybe a month. And it actually, I don't even know if it was that long because I'm pretty sure we were on leave at the same time. Right? So he goes home to Pennsylvania. Another connection to this story. He gets in a, a car accident with an Amish buggy and totals his trucks. Crazy Amish. And what truck does he buy? The exact truck that I described me wanting while we were sitting in the barracks in Iwakuni, which is the little brother to that truck. And 
I haven't seen one of them trucks since. Oh my gosh. Yep, that was the original wheels. Oh man, that is sweet. Oh. Yeah, this one, by the oh, way, is on Viper wheels. I it would looks good. I and those are those are definitely Sony Explode speakers in the doors. Yes, they from two thousands. I I really would have considered buying that that truck. Oh my gosh! Well, if we had podcasted a week ago, I would have shown it to you because it was my pick. If we had recorded last week too, we just didn't record, and now it's already sold. And it didn't go to fifteen grand till like the day it closed. It sat for a long time, real cheap. And I was like, man, I can't believe this truck's gonna go this cheap. And I mean, it's not perfect because it's a truck from two thousand, but Dude, this this engine with a truck attached to it is legit. Yeah, because that's exactly what it is. 360 cubic inches with a truck attached to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, so anyway, other, that other, was my pick for the week. Other little story, not as long. So when uh, Giselle was uh, pregnant with LJ, um, I had to go see her uh, on uh, Camp Lejeune because she was stationed on Camp Lejeune at the time. And Gabriel was like, hey, man, just take my truck. I had the BMW at the time. so Which, man, I was probably broken at the time. First of all, you should not talk badly about my BMW. Uh, I was so <laughs> jealous. Listen, that BMW is what I, when, when I first met you, when I first got to New River and you had the BMW, my first impression was, oh, that dude is too cool for me. He's driving a BMW. Uh, I, I paid $5,000 for that thing, for the record. That's five thousand dollars more than I had, but oh yeah, and David felt that, that was long. I didn't have it, but anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I, I wasted all my money in that I had made in Japan. But I drove the truck to Camp Lejeune, and then I realized why I didn't want that truck because it got three why? miles to the gallon. I legitimately saw the gas needle go down. Oh driving yeah, driving that truck. Oh I yeah, I was like. This is I ridiculous. rode with Dobbs one time, and I I was like, "Dude, is it supposed to move like that?" And he was like, "Yeah." When because he like did a hard like, you know, second third gear pull, basically yeah. I got forty mile an hour rolling burnout, and I was like, "Dude, is your gas gauge is it leaking?" And he's like, "No, that's how fast it uses the gas." Like, no way. Yeah, those trucks inhale gas. Yes, they did. Crazy. Yes, they did. All right, cool. So, a um, little bit of nostalgia there, a couple little stories, and so, I had a, I shed a tear. I shed a tear. So, um, I, I'm not trying to hog the whole podcast, I promise. But in in light of talking about hot rodding and an engine with a truck around it, um, for our listeners that are also subscribers to There's a Bill, There's a Way YouTube channel, you will have already seen this. Um, Stanley has not seen it, correct? I have not seen it. Okay, I want you to go to YouTube, and I want you to pull up my YouTube channel. You're not going to watch the video. I just want you to look at the thumbnail as I explain this to you. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, when we were set to record on Thursday, we had a little bit of a hurricane. A little storm blow through Thursday night into Friday. So I spent Friday, the day of the hurricane, uh-huh. 
driving. I, I drove to Raleigh and back. I did some podcasting or I did some vid- vlogging. And then when I got back to Asheboro, I bought a truck. Oh, you what? Specifically, I bought a oh, LM7 5.3 liter V8 with a truck what? attached to it to put in my Land Cruiser because I'm just tired of waiting and I'm doing it myself. And by doing it myself, I mean with help from some friends. I also went ahead and ordered a, a box. As they would say in Fast and Furious, I overnighted some parts from Japan. But actually what I did was I bought some parts from Australia and they took a couple weeks to get here. But they showed up a couple days ago. So I've got my um, important stuff, my adapter for the tra- transmission to the transfer case and um, some other adapters that are needed to make it work in the Land Cruiser. So I now have a V8 to go in my Land Cruiser on the property. So yeah, so anyway, and it's uh, it's got a hotter cam in it. It's got, um, yeah, it's got a um, like a low-end torque um, cam. And um, so it's not like it's like super lopy, but it's pretty loud. And then it's got long tube headers, uh, stainless. It's got um, the Black Widow muffler. Um, it's got LS7 lifters. It's got new time and chain. Um, the LS7 lifters are Delphi. It's got new head gaskets, new valve seals, new valve springs, new push rods, um, new sprockets, new valve cover gaskets, intake, intake manifold gaskets, spark plugs and wires, water pump, drive belt, front main seal, high volume oil pump and O-ring. I still have to swap out the uh, oil pan to a low profile, like a Camaro oil pan, because the um, the truck style oil pan interferes with the front differential being a solid axle in the Land Cruiser. So I got some parts I got to swap out. But anyway, it's a work in progress. So I'm going to start tearing down the Land Cruiser pretty soon. The truck is going to get tore down in November. We're going to pull the engine and drivetrain out. The transmission has to go into the shop. Um, because we have to swap out the um, output shaft from the four-wheel drive transmission is short. And for it to work with the adapter and keep the transfer case, I have to run a two-wheel drive output shaft. And since the transmission is the stock transmission, it's never been, the case has never been torn into. Um, we have to go ahead and go through the whole transmission and do a rebuild on it and put the longer two-wheel drive output shaft in it. So that's my Land Cruiser update. Um, so what you're saying is you bought a vehicle and you didn't call and tell me? That's correct. I did put it on YouTube. You just didn't watch my video. That's on you. I just realized why I didn't watch your video. Because for some reason, I didn't get a notification that you put a new video up now. You got to click that bell, brother. You got to click that Uh, bell. Well, look. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, so bought a truck and, and the the guy I bought the truck from is a really good friend of mine. He's actually going to help me with the build. Um, he teaches automotive systems technologies, um, here locally and, um, at, at a community college. And so he, he's an engine guy. He's done all the engine work to it himself. 
the truck's been meticulously maintained. The truck's in phenomenal shape, actually. And so when he listed it for sale, I, I called him and was like, look, um, if I buy your truck solely for the purpose of stripping and parting it out to build my Land Cruiser, is that going to break your heart? And he's like, no, I'll help you with it. So... Well well, that's cool. Um, we shall talk more about that offline. Yeah. Yes, we will. I got I got thoughts. Yeah, so it's a process, um, you know, but so I'm starting to order some parts. I still got to source. I still got to do some um, figuring out on my wiring harness um, communication. So I'm not exactly sure how this works. I'm still learning. There's, there's the information's a bit sketchy, but basically what I need from the donor truck is the engine, the trans, the full wiring harness, the ECU and the gas pedal. Cause it's drive by wire. Presumably if I have all of that stuff, I don't have to buy a full wiring harness, but I do have to make that wiring harness work with all the systems in the land cruiser. So there's got, I don't know. I got to figure that part out. Um, so there's still some stuff I got to sort out, but the, the hard stuff, I already got motor mounts. Um, I already got the adapter, got, got my oil pressure, um, line adapter, got a, got a source of fuel tank. I'm going to pull the like full size spare and probably put like a long range tank in there. Um, so I can hold more fuel and then, um, when I've got the tank out, I'll go ahead and do like an upgraded fuel pump. Um, I may even run the fuel pump from the Chevy and, um, and just use that existing fuel pump, but get a long range tank and, uh, work all that stuff out. So, you know, some of that stuff's got to be sorted, but, but a lot of it's pretty, pretty much good to go. So. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about this afterwards. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, uh, guys and girls who's listening. Um, uh, uh, there are some times we talk and it is not podcast friendly. Therefore, <laughs> we will talk about the non podcast friendly. We will clean up the non podcast friendly parts and then we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I got thoughts. <laughs> okay. I got thoughts. All right. Ideas and stuff. But anyway, talking about thoughts and ideas, uh, what are your thoughts about how we're going to, how, Bill and Stan can save the minivan and the station wagons. Cause I got thoughts. I do too. too. I do too. I, you know, and I know also, minivans are your favorite types of vehicles. So, well, that was the tough part. Like I, you know, we challenged ourselves to, to find some minivans and some wagons, um, for under $20,000 and no, it was $30,000. I, I typed it down. New is $20,000. So I, I definitely, definitely found I am more wagons right than now. vans. I can't help it. You typed it wrong. I, I wrote it down on my piece of paper and it didn't change. I, 30K. Yep. Absolutely. 20K. Same piece of paper has been sitting here on my desk for. I don't a believe month. it. Nope. No, you just wrote that just now. No. Well, your limit was 20K. Mine was 30. But <laughs> That's fine. You're fancier than me, so you got an extra 10 grand. Um, well, I bought it for you. Well, I bought these for you. So <laughs> so I looked at it, um, 
the mini, the minivan part of this thing was, was definitely tough. Um, and, and so the way I looked at it was to me, the best way to save a wagon or save a minivan is you've got to do what the sports car world has been doing for a while now. And I say sports car world has been doing for a while now, which, which is remind people what they used to like about those vehicles. Right. And I think you're seeing it with, um, like two door and four door coupes and sedans right now with bringing back to Acura Integra, the new Honda Civic Type R, um, you know, the, the, the Hyundai offerings, um, of sedans Story about that. Like they figured out like, Oh, you know what? People have stopped buying sedans because we tried to make them too much like a four door trunk mini SUV thing. They want them to be. Yeah. They want them to be what they used to be, which was fun, exciting, but low key. Mm-hmm. you know, somewhat low key, like parked in a parking lot. Um, yes. So that's the way I think you save minivans and wagons is you bring back the things people loved about those items. But you also incorporate all the modern stuff that people are looking for, whether that's a, a hybrid system or a full EV or, you know, whatever the case may be, you bring in the new technology stuff, but, hit enough of that nostalgia vibe that people want to buy them. Because if you look at minivans right now, they're so similar to offerings in full-size SUVs. People just buy the SUVs. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I do agree with you. Um, it's just so happy. You know how we always talk about people, uh, borrow or having, uh, Good ideas at the same time we have good ideas. Yeah, it's very ironic. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty weird. So um, we, the same the same week we were supposed to originally record this episode, TFL Car did a comparison between, in my mind, the most popular, best-selling, sought-after uh, three-row uh, three three SUV, the Hyundai Palisade, Okay. And uh, they had, they, I think they had a calligraphy. And then they had a, they compared it to a Chrysler Pacifica. They did not have a pinnacle, but they had the next step down. And, and they got a whole video about it. If you uh, go check them guys out, we watch their videos. So uh, I, I, do watch their videos I, stopped, I do not. I stopped watching their videos over a year ago because I couldn't, I couldn't take any more. 40 minute videos where they didn't actually get to the content till 36 minutes in. They're very okay. self-promoting like three well, years ago, their videos are great. Nowadays, not so much. Well, let me say it. Let me say it the way that I wanted to say it the first time. Then um, I watched some of some of some parts of some of their vehicles. Yeah, there you go. I, I would like to know their algorithms. I'd like to know their click through rate because I feel like people, if they do watch their stuff, they're skipping the first 20 minutes of every video. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and uh, I would agree with you because the one, their videos got, I think they kind of spread themselves out a little too thin, but you know, we can talk about that offline too. If you like their videos, watch their videos. But yeah. um, 
Um, so it was so like I said, it was weird that they were doing that comparison at the time. Yeah. Because in all reality, people, in my opinion, people who go buy three row SUVs, most of the idea of vehicle for most of them is actually a minivan. And sure. that's what they actually should be driving. Sure. But you know, America. unless they live on the but, side of a mountain. Yeah. Unless they America. live on a, but that's that's not the person <laughs> that that's not most of the people because most of these people never get the four wheel drive whatever they have in their driveway ever go on any rougher terrain than a soccer field. That's right. The side of a soccer field. The the so. side of a soccer field. <laughs> yeah, they may experience mud. That's it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um. The the quick and easy answer is for, and I, I don't re- I I really don't have a reason for why this doesn't already exist. Is I don't I don't understand why Chrysler because this would actually help Chrysler as a brand. I wouldn't expect Honda or Toyota to do this, but Chrysler I would have thought they would have done it by now or should be doing it right now. Is Make an EV version of the Pacifica. Yeah, we've talked about this before. It, it is a yeah. no-brainer for them to do that. It doesn't make sense why they're not doing it, um, other than the fact that they see no value in continuing a minivan on in their lineup, and they're just Actually, waiting to phase it out. Because if they want to keep it, that's the way to keep it. I, I agree with you, and I think that's a mistake. Well, I agree. I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying corporately, maybe that's what they're thinking is that it's time is up and there's no incentive. There's no profit incentive to carry that on as an AV. I, and I understand what you're saying, but this is my proposal to Chrysler. Chrysler, I know you're listening because we have great ideas, just like a GM listens to us all the time. And you know, all these other cars, we have great ideas. They don't need the. They don't need a new chassis in order to make that to make an electric Pacifica. Even though they have an electric, a new electric traffic about to come on that chassis that's about to come online, they don't need one. They can do the same thing. They can do a similar thing that BMW and the Hyundai Automotive Group is doing, and stick batteries up under that thing. The BMW i40 is a BMW 4 Series Grand Coupe. Yeah. The, the the Genesis G80 electrified is the same car as the Genesis G80. G, there is room underneath these cars. There's room. There's enough room to get 250 to 300 so, miles of range out of these vehicles. Because, and I know that I know there is because if they can do it in a in a medium sized uh, mid sized sedan in the Genesis G80. Then you have way more room than that underneath that daggone minivan. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so are you thinking the way to save minivans in general is EV or just Chrysler? Uh, that's the 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 in the other part. You know, your dirty word is hybrid. I, I, Toyota did a very good uh, a very good thing when they came, which I disagree with at first, which is when they came up with a new generation of the Sienna. They made it hybrid only, and I didn't agree with it at, at the right. time. But it absolutely is a boss move. It's like, hey, we got this big thing that it spends a lot of time 
going from making five mile drives. That's perfect what our hybrid system is designed for. It don't got to be fast. It don't got to. It just got to be. You got to be quick enough to to move the van. But it don't got to sure. be fast. All it needs to do is get ten miles a gallon more than it, everything that it competes with. And well, it, and and I tell you what, it is more than anything. It doesn't. It's not. It wasn't a. This is my opinion. This is the bill opinion. So it could or may or may not be accurate. But oh, to me, right. to me, it's a long term marketing strategy more than it is anything else. Because what it does is it takes your soccer mom who already had one minivan and it was clapped out, but now she's ready to get a nicer minivan. The kids are a little older and she gets the new Toyota Sienna and it's a hybrid. And she's like, I don't know if I want a hybrid. And well, ma'am, they only come in a hybrid. And so she buys it anyway and goes, I'll just get used to it. And that's exactly what she does. She gets used to it. So then when the kids go off to college and she doesn't need a minivan anymore she's like oh i really got used to that mileage of a hybrid i might as well just go ahead and get me a full electric car and that's what it's doing is it's it's uh, paving the way for repeat toyota toyota customers to become accustomed to that technology and okay with that technology and then just buy electric in the future i i slightly disagree with you because and only the part about that that i disagree with you about is I, because I'm looking at what also what Toyota does it Toyota is doing is they want the Toyota's all all the I had actually had a conversation earlier this this week uh, about Toyota and what I see Toyota doing yeah they're gonna get into the EV game but they also got they are doing the opposite of what Ford and General Motors and Chrysler has done which which and what they did is just in case if you got they stopped selling sedans because it's like you know what we make more profit off these trucks we make more profit off this thing we're going to stop selling them because we can't compete with the camry yes you could compete with the camry you just didn't want to right (laughs) you know you didn't put effort into competing with the camry well it is in ford's cases we didn't want to compete in america with the camry anymore Yes, because they're still they making sedans. Yeah, that's, exactly. They're still making sedans. They're just, they ain't for us. But, um, not, not for you. You can't have. No heavy for you. But Toyota is doing the opposite of that is, hey, we understand EV is about to be this new hotness that everybody wants. Hey, we also understand there are going to be some people out here that ain't really cool with that yet. And we have a really conservative market base. We sell our vehicles to decently conservative people. And when I say conservative, I'm not talking politically, I'm talking about in practice. They want an appliance. They want this thing to start every time they get in it. They don't want it to break. They want it, when they take it in there, we're gonna get routine maintenance and it's gonna keep going for another 300,000 miles. You know, that being (laughs) said, that makes me think about something. Do you think is Toyota the new Buick? I think Toyota is the new Buick, Chevy, Oldsmobile, and Pontiac all in one. I, I think you're and, right. It, and it, when I finish my point, uh, they are investing in EVs. They have an EV that's on the market right now that kind of bucks the trend of what current EVs are. And some journalists are looking at it like, hey, this is kind of dumb it's not fast it don't got crazy range in it but in our reality it's a toyota uh it don't need to be fast stupid it doesn't need to go zero to 60 in three seconds 
and most people who drive these cars, they drive them in the same pattern that they do all the time. So it don't right. need to have 500 miles of range. Also, so they, they're, they're putting money into that. They are still selling hybrids. They're the number one seller of hybrids. They have sold more many a Prius in the last 20 years, and they still sell Dago internal combustion, regular internal combustion in the cars. They are, they're doing all the things all at the same time. So you go to a Toyota dealership, whether you want the, the, the GR, uh, 86, the Grady six, you go, whether you want an 86 or a hybrid minivan or not so Grady van. Yeah. Or a, a full size capable truck that maybe ain't, it ain't F one fifty, but it's a pretty serviceable truck that you ain't gonna be spending money fixing. Yep. You, all you gotta do is come to the Toyota Toyota dealership. We got everything. We got we got stuff for everybody. We Walmart. We are all of GM. What GM used to be, hmm. before, in one in one dealership, and we're saving money because we're not putting different badges on all this stuff. Well, they are putting <laughs> an L on some of it. But the and I agree with you, but. I think they are doing a decent job now of distinguishing the L cars from the T cars. Speaking of the L cars, I was, um, where was I at? I was in Raleigh, I think. Maybe. You I don't know. LC. I, I was in, I was in some, somewhere and that's exactly my story. I watched a guy in a LC Bust a U-turn at a stoplight. I had my windows down because the weather was nice. And he got on it hard going up the street. Was it the V8 or was it the hybrid? No, no, it was the V8. Okay. And let me tell you, I don't know if he had aftermarket exhaust or if it was stock exhaust, but man, that car sounded good. Oh, they sound pretty good with, with stock exhaust. I mean, sounds, he got he got on it on it, and it sounded real good. Watch the uh, straight pipes video or the uh, Savage Geese video when they are absolutely playing with the exhaust over and over and over again. They, they do it so much it gets annoying, but they're doing it on purpose to be annoying. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds great. Uh, but yeah, um, I think the, uh, the so what's in, in your order for, What's your wagon fix? Oh, the wagon fix is? I, so I had two two trains of thought. One, they did fix the wagon already. It's did called they? SUVs. Mm, shut your mouth. And the second part, the second half of that is? Just call it a darn wagon. Just build it. No. Call it a wagon. No. Call it a wagon. No. Volvo keep no. building Dago wagons. And mm. I also have a and I have a I have another thing, uh, another I point about that. I, I might be not going with it. I might be mad. No. Oh. I'm not with it. I'm not with You're it. Not with it. it. Here's why I'm not with it. Park oh. pa- park a Porsche Taycan Cross Turismo. You said it wrong. Whatever. Park it next to a Porsche Macan 
GTS or a Turbo or Turbo S or who cares? Spend as much money as you want. Park them side by side. They are not the same. That Cross Turismo is a way better looking car and is 100% definitely a wagon. And there is nothing about that Macan that is a wagon. That's a four-door hatchback. That is not not a wagon. Can't be a wagon. You can't call it a wagon. You can't market it as a wagon. Unless you turn it into a Cross Turismo. Fundamentally, what's the difference between a Dago a crossover and a station and a wagon? I think there's a portion, a, a, a proportion percentage of height to length. I think it's a lower, it's a sedan roof line and a longer, well, I don't know. I'm just saying they can't be the same thing. Oh, what? Hey, now, look at your screen. You're not screen sharing. So now you are. What in the world is that thing? That's a Cadillac concept car. No, it is absolutely not a concept car. That oh, car just came out this GM. That's a concept car. That is not a concept car. That car came out this week. This this week. Uh, uh, so is it let a me prototype? My, uh, I'm, let me get there. Uh, in all in all reality, my wagon fixes. We they have already Jedi mind trick the American public and some other countries that station uh, SUVs aren't station wagons, so they're not. The only way they're going to come back is this is technically they call it, I don't know what they call it, but I call it ugly. It's a, it's a wagon in my in my mind. That is a Cadillac Celestic. It came out earlier this week, or I believe it on Monday. It is. Cost uh, three hundred thousand dollars and up. I That's said ridiculous. that. It is an EV. I That's don't it. necessarily like the way it looks. Why? Why? Why are we not showing pictures of the car thing? I don't necessarily like the way it looks all all the time, but I like the a lot of things about it. That car is going to be Cadillac's range topper. And, and you're seeing the pictures of it. That is wagon-esque. What's going on with the back of it? Has it got the bed from a Chevy Avalanche? I'm I'm trying is, to give you a better... See see how that... See that? Yeah, is there a bed back there? Is it open in the back? Is it like the, oh, it, the, the Cadillac no, no, no. El Camino? The Electric no, no, Camino? No, no. Not at all. Let me let me see if I can get you a better picture. Let me that's see if ugly. I can get you a better. Everything about that's ugly. I I'm not going to tell you sit the here front's and try to lie ugly. to you. Back's ugly. It's ugly. I'm not going to sit here and try to lie to you and tell you it's the most beautiful car ever created. Not going to do that. Can you see the back here now? Yeah, it looks like it's. Oh my goodness! So now it's a Citroen. It's a Citroen wagon. That's what it is. It's a Citroen wagon. What was the model I, I, type on the Citroen wagon? Okay, oh. that's your category. I'm pulling it up. I'm um, pulling. They've rebuilt the Citroen. That's what they've done. But I'm all right, so I'm finding one right now. My real second idea about the wagon, what, what wagon is? You bring wagons back the same way you bring bring back big coupes by making them bespoke 
sought after things. Because in my in my opinion, the big big coops turned into uh, the the four door SUV things with the back cut off. This is personal daggone. I got this. Nobody else got it. Kind of vehicle. Yeah. And the cool thing about this Cadillac is, because in all my, I don't care what they call it, it looked like a wagon to me. <laughs> um, I, I don't think cool about it. The, oh, there's, uh, there's absolutely. You should watch a video of it. Everything on that car is customizable. Everything, except you for the get, way it looks. Oh no, you can get, you can change the way it looks a little bit, but uh, you can fix that back end. What's the most ridiculous daggone option you think you've ever heard of on a car? Oh, I don't even know. Just come up with one ridiculous option that's um probably like re- that ridiculously plush, like four inch thick carpet that you can get on like a Maybach, Maybach. Cool. You can get or that on Rolls this. Or you... Bentley or whatever. Cool. You can get that on this. Or you can put, you can make your floor leather. Yeah. See that, see that bar in the grill right there? Uh-huh. See that little bar right there? One of the journal, one of the YouTube. Does it have a I red light here. that goes across it and it says, does it call you Michael? Oh, I'm sure it could. One of the one of the YouTubers that I follow, and he was there at the, this press event. He so he asked him, "It's like I heard all this craziness about how the customizable this car is, but so I'm just gonna throw some questions. It's like, what if you wanted to get that right there, paint it, um, paint it in in gold? So yeah, we'll do that for you with no hesitation. Interesting. Still the you can you can have your you can put your logos your personalized logos on this car if you wanted to they'll build it for you. Well, you're giving them three hundred thousand dollars for a GM product. They'll do a lot of stuff for you. Yeah, but my, this may be the most customizable car I ever actually heard of. Ever. I mean, you could have two ZR ones. You'd be a whole lot happier. Yeah. You would, you could have two ZR ones and be a whole lot happier. And the person who actually has this probably does have a daggone ZR one, but he don't want to drive the ZR one today, or the, he don't want to get driven into Bentley today. He want to get driven in this crazy behind Cadillac that they're only they're, they're only going to build at max one and a half a day, hand built, because nobody else got one, and because not many people are going to buy one. Oh, they ain't gonna sell uh, outside of basketball of players and maybe some rappers and football players and people that need the biggest Cadillac possible in their new video and oh, that dude ain't gonna get this car. Le- legitimately, they 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 are, they said they're max they they they're maxing out at one point five cars a day, but everything is customizable, everything. The roof that has the electro dago uh, darkening panels and stuff, is it, it has that in there. You can get the patterns customized. You can get the way it shades customized the way you want it, if you wanted to. Hmm. The it Citroen is, SM is the model I was referring to. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, I think uh, the one way you can bring wagons out 
by making them some rarely seen super crazy thing, whether it's super luxurious, luxurious, super fast, make it the dag, just make make it the dag on Halo car. You ain't got to build a whole lot of, and make people's like oh like the like the Artie. There you go. There's a new Cadillac. Like the I, no, that it it, it kind of does have that right there. <laughs> there's, that. there's the new Cadillac right there. Like the Audi um RS six of lot. Make make it super fat. Make it, just do go crazy on it. Just do crazy crap on it. That you you can't do on a Dago mainstream SUV. All right. You ready to see the, the wagon? RS6 it's, it's the best wagon in the world. I don't at believe the moment. You. At the moment. At the, the moment. only thing it would the only thing that would make it better is if it did not have 22 inch wheels on it. Oh, oh, so wait a minute. There ain't no way that this thing costs Dago 20. Anyway, show me, show it to me. All right, you ready? I'm gonna show you your your wagons and your and your minivans. Uh okay. Let's do it. Okay. Where, so where did, where did you go? Pull me up. I'm pulling you up. What I see it okay. now. All right. It doesn't have twenties on it. No, the Audi has twenty twos. It's the only thing that would make it better. I said that was the Audi RS six Avant is the best wagon in the world, except for it's got twenty twos on it. Yeah. This, this is what I call the great buy. This is the wagon that you would be happy with. It's a five-speed manual. It's the 2001 BMW 325i Sport Wagon. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's a good little runabout car. And again, this is what I was talking about. Like, make wagons what people like about driving cars. Like, make them cool. Give them a manual transmission. Give them some performance, but they don't have to be rocket ships. They just have to be fun, right? I think we agree more on wagons than you want to than than you are than you think. But don't make them an SUV. They are not an SUV. Yeah, here's Let a cool old wagon. A, oh yeah, with a big absolutely. V8 in it. This one's really more but, for me. But this is a great idea. You take an existing old wagon and you put all new stuff in it. We've talked about that before. But this got what, new engine you call in it? it. Patina. Yeah, patina. It's got some cool old seats in it, but with a new drivetrain. But it looks old, Absolutely. but it's new. So, hey, you see that blue wagon right there on the side of that screen, right there? Yep, yep. You ain't getting That's that for twenty grand, buddy. No, you're not getting that for twenty. You could find me one for twenty grand. It wouldn't. They, some it's blowed up, but uh. <laughs> it's wrecked. It's uh, it's at a parts place. So anyway, this is an idea, right? You take an old wagon that already is cool and has character, but you give it new stuff. This one also sold for. This is a Hemi-powered 1955 Dodge Suburban wagon. This next one is what I call best value wagon. It's a 2008 Mercedes-Benz E350 4Matic. It's all-wheel drive. It's safe. You're very anonymous in it. It's it's just a V6, but it is quick. This one sold for $19,000. Uh-huh. It's expensive to fix. And then if you're really just like... It's not expensive to fix if, like the person who I know who had a very similar car, if your dad is a Mercedes-Benz uh, tech. Sure, that's true. So <laughs> uh, 
this next one is what I like to call you're just going full wagon and you're you're okay with the lifestyle. I call this one boxes are best. Uh-huh. And there's a there's a theme that when you get to the end of this, I'm gonna bring up. Go ahead. I like that. I still the like 1993 Volvo 240 wagon, five speed manual. Um what's the best wagon Volvo made? There's only one answer. The best wagon Volvo made? Coolest wagon Volvo made. There's only one answer. Coolest wagon Volvo made? Yep. Hmm. I don't know. That new S90 or whatever is pretty sweet. V90, whatever it is. But I like these the best. These are my favorites. 850, dude. I don't know. I I lean maybe more towards the um the the S. 70R, whatever it was, that's the one I like. The 850R was the coolest wagon, bro. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, so we're, minivans. We'll we're, we're agree to disagree. I found you two minivans, and I really tried hard on this because every minivan I found was either uh, a Hyundai or a Kia that looked like good values. And so instead, I went completely the opposite direction and I got you two wagons that are the, or two vans that are the root of what makes vans cool vans. So 1991 Volkswagen Vanagon. I didn't own a Volkswagen version of that, but I owned like the the dot the Hatsu version of that in Japan, and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. These are cool. These are cool items, right? They got all kinds of weird seats and cup holders and beds and just crazy stuff in them, and they don't go fast, but they don't have to. They're just fun. And then I just found a 2001. It's like the same thing, but newer. Yeah. See. Volkswagen, EV minivan. Mm-hmm. So anyway, know. those are my uh, wagons and vans that I bought you, and that's that. Hey, I know them. Um, um. So the the comment I was gonna break the 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 point I was gonna make was, um, you are essentially saying the same thing I said, just not um, just try not to agree with me. What do you mean? None of you those made, were SUVs. No, I'm talking about the the mini the, the wagon part. Stop hiding the fact that it's a wagon and make it special. Yes. Put it at yeah. the, no, put I it do at the agree top. That. Well, maybe I didn't communicate that well when I was saying it, but that's what I'm like that Cadillac thing. I don't really think that's pretty. I don't think that it's gonna that I don't think it's gonna sell a lot, but they don't want to sell a lot. But what they did is, it's like, hey, we're going to bring this thing back that's kind of wagonish, and we're going to make it the super crazy, most luxurious thing that we've built in 100 years. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that the the but, idea behind that, right? I do I do agree the, making it special is, is important. Because the person who is going to buy a wagon, the person who's going to go to go to the Volvo dealership to buy a Dago V uh, XC, what is it? V, what the the wagons that they build? They didn't go there to buy XC ninety. They went there to go buy a wagon. <laughs> so some right. of wagon. Um, but yeah, that, that's what make make wagons special. Do the Audi thing. Make make it special. All right, cool. So I was shopping for you. Yep. So you bought me a bunch of Audis? No. Can you see it? Are you looking at your screen? Uh, where'd you go? Hold on. <laughs> that's okay. I love it, but also that's not a minivan. 
I know there were a uh, hope. Look, we'll get there. I was looking for minivans for you. Uh, <laughs> I was looking for minivans for you, and this thing popped up. I think it's somewhere in North Carolina, if my memory serves me correctly. It's somewhere in North Carolina, and this is the van that you would buy. Yes, would that is 100% the van that I would buy um, because I love that van, and Quigley's are the best vans. Um, yep. All vans should be four-wheel drive uh, capable off-roaders yeah so this is the this is the you could that's you right there man you can do that it's all-wheel drive never you and your family could put a whole lot of miles on that that's the practical choice it is a practical choice for practical people i would never buy that van i know you wouldn't but There's it would serve you well. No desire. If I was given that van as a loaner at a dealership, a piece of me would die inside of it. Every time I got and, in and closed the door, part of me would perish. And, and but part of you would be transformed into the person that I know that's still in that you, that you're trying to deny. But so, but the wagon. That what I do you think is in me that I'm trying to deny? An 80 year old woman with a cleaning business? That's who needs no. that van. No, super dad. That's going to drive all the all the young people to the state fairs and all this stuff. You drive a bunch of kids around every other weekend. A van should be in your. No, driveway. let me tell you. Let me no. Let, okay, here's a thing about vans and SUVs. That is stupid. What's stupid about vans? The, the more you spend and the nicer it is, the less seats it has in it. This captain's I, chair thing has got to stop. This I I, I do agree with you there. One hundred percent. I do not even argue with you there. I I legitimately didn't look at some SUVs when my wife was looking at for a new vehicle, specifically because I was like, because it, it was a three row. We don't need a third row, but uh, it fit without markups. It would have fit into the uh, uh, the into the budget. And it's like I don't, I can't get the top line one without that going losing a seat. Without yeah, without the captain shares, and I'm never going to use. I'm hardly ever going to use the third row. So I want to put the ability to put three people right there in that row. It's like well, you got to go down a trim. It's like yeah, but then I don't want it because it don't have all the stuff I want. Let so, me tell you what I'm. I'm let me tell you what I'm here. trying to source right now. I am trying. I'm on the hunt for some South American 80 series Land Cruiser front seats because I want a bench seat for the front, and it's the only place you could get them is like Venezuela. So I'm on the hunt for one because I want a nine passenger SUV. Wow! Actually, talk to me offline. I might have a hookup for you on that. But I'm down. so when it came to when it when it came to uh. When it came to uh, wagons, Bill has the the person that I know in Bill. He has go to wagons, right? He's gonna look at the Volvos. He's gonna look at the the Volkswagens and Audis. But this is what he really should be looking at. I I love it. It's still <laughs> my favorite. It is my favorite American wagon built in the last twenty years. They still and it's not American. Be, it's it's German. It definitely, it's definitely German. It's, it's definitely opal. an Opal. 
It's a uh, 2018 Buick Regal uh, Essence because that's the best one I can find in time. Cross, whatever they try to call it. I don't know what they try to call it. They still, they still should be selling this vehicle right now. I am telling you, they should put all every feature that they could possibly do in a Dagon as as a GM Dagon company into that and put it on their lot. Purposely don't build a lot of them, and the people who do have them, the people who come in there to look at a enclave and see that and say, "Hey, let me go look. Let me show you this thing." Yes, people will drive away in that. Yes, they should have sold way more of those. I don't understand why they didn't. It still baffles me to this day. I wish they still sold this car. And if I ever bought one, I would rebadge everything with Opal Insignia badging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that go back to the Cadillac uh, CTS wagon that you that you had up there a second ago. Bring it back. That's a Bring cool wagon back. too. That's a cool wagon too. Uh, it it. it Ford Flex, bring it back. Oh, Ford Flex, man, you're making me rethink my Opal comment now. So, the the problem with the Cadillac was not big enough. It was no, really just a four door hatchback. Really wasn't a wagon. They called it a wagon, cool. but it really wasn't a wagon. The Flex was all the wagon. It, I mean, it was wagon and then some. It was like I, it was like a chopped roof SUV. It. And it had the big, it had the the big uh, EcoBoost in it. I, it was awesome. Bring it back. And yes, the Cadillac was a small wagon, but to be honest, that's all it need to be. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I wish everybody had a wagon ver- of some sort in their lineup. I wish there was like a Mustang shooting brake wagon. I wish there was a that, uh, that Genesis know, Jeep. That Genesis G70 shooting brake that they, or I, I don't know if they officially start to sold it in Europe, but bring it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Alfa Romeo Julia wagon. Bring Ooh, it. That car, mama. I might would have to go buy a wagon. Like and that car would be the jam. Mazda 6 wagon. They discontinued the Mazda 6. This yep, year, yeah, yeah, Mazda six wagon yep. with the same powertrain that's in my in in the CX five that I have out there in my driveway right now. Yep, and just put it at the top of the line. It's like purposely don't you don't got to build a lot build, of them. Build a Mazda four wagon, right? You got a three. You just put yeah. four doors on a three, make it a wagon, a little bit longer, same drivetrain. If it can handle the weight of a CX. Seven or whatever they're but selling that now. The CX30 kind of. No, it's not the CX30. The CX30 that's is just funny. a higher ride height. No, three hatchback. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a three hatchback with a lift on it. That's all it is with a five thousand dollar price markup. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But yeah, for a lift kit, the way to the way to the way to bring minivans back in 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 a, in the real world is build EV minivans. And don't hide the fact that it's a minivan, because yes. the people who the people the who are going to bring go wagons min- back is to build fun wagons and don't hide the fact they're wagons. Yeah. See, we did look. We, we fixed we, it. We, it. We fixed it. We end up agreeing. Look at that. We fi- we fixed it. 
don't hide the fact that there are wagons and there, there are minivans and the people who actually know who want to buy them, they're gonna go. They're gonna go specifically and look for them. That's right. So it don't have everything. Don't got to be a high volume be, uh, vehicle to be successful. No. no. Or if it if that was the case, BMW wouldn't have a niche vehicle for every series vehicle it builds. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> wouldn't have thirty seven models. <laughs> yeah, because there are seventeen different three series. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you divide the number three into seventeen, but they did it. They did it. They did it. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, yeah. So we fixed it. Oh, we fixed it. Um, I hope somebody is still listening when you get here because this is probably a cool. This is a cool story. I may clip this just to put it as an additional podcast because I'm gonna tell you a story that I hope you haven't heard. Clip it. But, but. I kind of hope you did hurt hurt at the same time. So in California, there was a young man who purchased, who saved his money and bought a brand new Hyundai Elantra in. Okay. He wanted that car, brand new, no modification, doesn't even have the daggone permanent tag on it yet. Okay. He he gets pulled over by a uh, by a uh, police officer, and the police officer tells him, he asks why he get pulled over because he wasn't speeding. And it's like, just give me your license registration anyway, whatever. Give him the license registration. It's like wrote writes this kid a ticket, tell him he uh, well tells this kid he pulled him over because his car was too loud. Yeah, I figured that was what it was going to be, noise. That's because California's got new noise laws. And there's like 10 brand new cars on sale today that are in violation of it. Yeah, so this car is not, it does not hit that threshold. Oh. Hyundai, it's like, we purposely checked, it does not hit that threshold. The kid proved that his car doesn't hit that threshold, but he got the ticket. He got a ticket. He was told he couldn't drive the car until he got it fixed. Right? He went and talked to the judge. How you get it fixed? And he went and talked to the judge. Like I did not modify this car. This car came from this. This is how 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 uh, loud it is. Um, they said he couldn't dago. They couldn't register that car until he got it fixed. So he got the dealership involved and he got Hyundai involved. And That's they nice. went, and then they went back and forth, and it got to the point where he had to sell the car because he had to have a way to get around, and he couldn't wait it out because they would not bag on, they would not get allow him to uh, like uh, register that car without it getting fixed. But there was no fix. The the thing that the uh, that the only, the best way that he said is like. Yeah, you can put the car in its super sporty mode, which, which you know, you kind of get the daggone, um, it's kind of like straight pipes. It's the closest thing you get straight pipes at that point. But that was just a mode you could select. But he wasn't driving around in that mode at that time. The dude just huh. wanted, uh, I, was, I was reading a couple of stories, and it's like, yeah, I was not driving around in that mode. I was driving around normally. I just think the dude thought I was speeding or something, or he figured that he can get me for for something. So, 
So what's, I mean, has there been an outcome? Have they resolved the dispute? Because to me, it's hit. it's a dispute between Hyundai and California at this point, right? I mean. Correct. Hyundai says they got the paperwork that said that they, their car does not diagonal, go over that threshold. Their car is certified for sale in California as a brand new car. They have, they have looked at, they inspected that car. It is brand new. It has no modifications on it. That car is allowed to be sold in California. The people who pulled up, the, the, the way he got pulled over just don't want him to diagonal. They still will not allow him to register that car. They said, nope. You did, they, they, you know. They, they, so, it, does anybody in the state of California that buys a Kona in not be able to get it registered currently? Well, well, that well, he was driving an Elantra in. Elantra in, sorry. He was driving an Elantra in. My bad. They, they haven't had this problem with any other Elantra in that has been sold that in, in California. It's Explain just, that. It's just this police officer in this Dagon in this part of California. Want to want to be dicks, like a better term, like a better term. Interesting. Sue them. That's what I was. I was like, sue them. I was like, I was like, did, I was like, did he date this dude's daughter? Did I mean, <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did he do, man? He dated, uh, he did his daughter dirty or something? Uh, evidently. Yeah, I, I was reading the story, and from what everything I said, the car they put it on the dag, they went and got it tested, proved that the car was a dag old uh, over thing, but there was no fix for the car, and he could not register the car without getting it fixed, and he could he couldn't prove he he can't prove it's gonna get fixed because there's nothing wrong with it. That's man, that's I'd be a big fat lawsuit. California had owed me a Ferrari by the time it was over with. Yeah, I, I think that I think that law is uh, is is dumb. Um, I, I think Europe, some European cities, uh, Europe, is, some places in Europe are doing similar things. Uh, the little fact: uh, the Nissan GTR is no longer for sale in Europe for that reason. Yeah, because it's, it's too, too loud. it's too loud, and it's not the engine and the exhaust that make it too loud; it's the tires. I didn't realize that. That's <laughs> it's that's an extra level of stupid. Yeah, it's the tires that make it too loud. But in this young man's case in, in Cali, I think he, I don't know, maybe he, he beat their football team. I don't know. Maybe he played football and he was the quarterback and he tore up their high school football team. I don't know yeah. what he did. <laughs> something. But he did something. There is, there's a grudge being held right there. He, he hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah, but yeah, the young man had to sell the car because that's ridiculous. They wouldn't let him register. Because in all reality, if if that car can't be sold, how are they gonna? How are they selling a Corvette? How yeah. are they selling any? Ferrari? How are they selling a ZR1? Yeah, how are they selling the daggone Corolla GR? Yeah, the Corolla GR is not quiet. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It. it Cause I've heard, I've been around, uh, I've been to the dealership, and there's a couple kids that run around here with that on a Elantra is. That car, it it sounds mean. They want to fight you, but it ain't necessary. Not at they all. They want to fight you, <laughs> dude. I ain't that want to. So fight you. I I was talking. Uh, 
remember uh you remember when we lived on base uh the dude lived, that was next to us one of the 17 cars he had in the two years that he lived next to us was a 500 apart right okay yeah and the way i described that car then and the way i describe that car now is it wanted to fight you all yes, the time all the time it, it's it, like a little it, chihuahua it, like it, an angry exactly <laughs> yeah it it, it wasn't a quick. You walk thing, out the front it, door and it's like ah, 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 gotcha. Yeah, exactly. That it, you know, so that that car and the uh, SRT four, the the neon SRT four, the neon SRT four. That was with the no first, mufflers. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first four cylinder car I ever heard. Where I was like, man, what's wrong with that guy? He, he's mad. Yeah, they they sold that with no muffler. Yeah, did, did they forget something? No, they meant to do that. <laughs> Wow, that that dude jumped it off the dealership lot over the curb, or what happened? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Matter of fact, speaking of which, how are they selling Chargers and Challengers and stuff in California? If that, because I haven't heard of a Challenger with a V8 in it yet. Maybe it's because no. we live in the Carolinas and Charger Challenger people are starting to get worse than Mustang people. I don't know. They they for sure are. Yeah. They are going for that title, the most annoying car group right now. Oh, they want it. They want it bad. That and the dudes that change the way that their truck tilts, squats just a little bit so they can get uh, up and uh, get talk, away from the law. We got, we got, you can't get on me on that. We got to, we got to end there. That's, uh. Anywho, all right, uh, let's not wait six weeks to do this again. That sounds like a great idea. Let's, let's do uh, that. Uh, yeah. And we we can figure out some stuff to talk about. All right, Ian. I love you. Love you too, man. Later.